The scripture underneath the song that we just sung is out of the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 11 through 14. Talked about the good shepherd that lays down his life for the sheep. Ours is to believe that the shepherd who was willing to lay down his life for the sheep, and as the song says, it's also the shepherd that cares about his sheep. And it's also a reminder to us that not only does he care about us, he works with us within our lives. There are always things that happen within life that cause us to, at times, become discouraged or despondent. Situations that come our way that seem to have no end to it, of the trial or the tribulation, and fail to realize that's exactly what Jesus went through on this earth until he died. The trials, the tribulations, the hardship, if you will, the unresponsiveness of those that ought to care, that was easy to, or could be easy to become discouraged along the way. And the scriptures remind us with the life of Jesus, also remind us through the life of Paul and others as well that they went through some trials that would seem unbearable to us. Again, you look at Hebrews chapter 11 and you look at verse 35 through the remainder of the chapter. And the things that they went through in serving God makes us wonder again, how long, O oh Lord, how long will this go on? And there's a thought that is taught in the scripture, although it's not stated in so many words, but it's the thought that says, this too shall pass. It may not seem like it, but this too shall pass, regardless of what it is, regardless of the length of time that it will last, this too shall pass. The scriptures give us example after example of those who had to put their faith and their trust in God. Those who under some trying circumstances did want to question God as to what was unfolding and to have that opportunity. Sometimes in a life we live, our, our patience is being tested and tried. And patience is one of those virtues that are, very, that are very easily obtained, very easily maintained, and kept. There are always challenges there that will put them to the test. And ours is trying to remind ourselves of the, the promises God has given. You know, if it wasn't for the promise that God gave, and it wasn't for the thought of the scriptures that this too shall pass. It could be overwhelming. But any time when the trials get difficult and the hardships are, are there and seem unending, 
Now I'm reminded of you know, 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 12. There's nothing that you face but such as is common to man. And that promise there, God has promised that he will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able to bear. God has promised that. So the length of the time is immaterial to us. It may not seem immaterial to us when you're going through it. Sometimes it's a physical ailment that is there for the rest of your life or may have been there for all of your life. There may be a host of things that come down the line. The rejection of family. The ridicule that comes our way. Whatever it may be. But God has already promised. You will not face anything that is greater than you can bear. And it's not because your strength or because of your wisdom your fortitude the way that we deal with temptation that is not going to be greater than we can bear is drawing our strength from God realizing that he's there and that he helps us in times when we are not aware of it and that he's watching over us and that's one of the hard things that we get to work with because we're have three aspects in our lives we look in the past what's gone on before we look in the past to see what's happened to those who have preceded us we look in the present where we are at the present time and the things we're going through and and we can't imagine what the future has in store Human beings have a vivid imagination, and it runs wild. Just listen to any of the news broadcasts, anything that goes on around there, and their prognosis of what's coming down the pike. It's very interesting, very challenging. But that's where we live. And we fail at times to realize that we live with God, and Isaiah, <clears throat> Isaiah reminds us in Isaiah 46.10 that the God that works with us is the God who is able to declare the end from the beginning. He knows. And that's why he's able to help us. He knows what is going on. He knows the trials and the tribulations. I've talked to countless people down through the years and talked to some of them even now, if you will. I do not know how I'm going to be able to go on. Some of you said that. Life is just overwhelming. I just simply don't know how I can go on. And some that I've talked to have been trying to tell me that for 25 years. Cannot go on. But you've been doing it for 25 years. Come on. You can do it. You do it one day at a time. Sometimes I tell individuals, if you cannot do it one day at a time, do it a half a day at a time. 
Can I make half a day at a time? Do it an hour at a time. Can I do an hour at a time? Do it 10 minutes at a time. Can't do 10 minutes at a time? Do it a minute. Do it 30 seconds, whatever it takes. Can for the next 10 seconds, can you handle it? By the time you get that out, 10 seconds already gone by. Well, you'd handled it, so let's move on for another 10 seconds. Let's make it 20 seconds. I'm saying that God is there. He's in our life. He has made promises for us that those trials and the tribulations that are there, listen, they're not unique to you alone. Whatever temptation you face is common to man. Whatever trial is out there is common to mankind. And God has promised to be there with us as we go through those trials and tribulations and troubles in life. The saying goes, there are three kinds of people in the world. Those who are currently in trouble, those who have just come out of trouble, and those who are about to go into trouble. It's part of life. We did not like it when we had the heaven on earth, the Garden of Eden, paradise. And so troubles are going to be a part of our life until we reach the eternal paradise, that eternal Garden of Eden that's in heaven. And we already understand and realize that it's a short time here, and ours is to trust God as we go through it. And at times it it appears that everything can or does go wrong at the same time. You ever have those situations, those days? Doesn't matter what you touch, it's going to break. Time you get that thing fixed, something else is broken. Uh, One of the joys of trying to be a do-it-yourself individual, you've become very familiar with Home Depot. You've become very familiar with talking with the individuals at Home Depot. What do you do now in this situation? You know, replace the washer and the faucet. You replace the washer and the faucet and it keeps dripping. So what are you supposed to do now? Now they want you to replace the faucet. No, you don't want me replacing the faucet. Let's try something else. It's life. But when I realize that whatever that is that I'm facing in life is such a minute part of the total being of who we are. And it has such an insignificant amount of time and energy in comparison to eternity. Why do I complain? Why do I not trust God along the way? We're given the scriptures for our admonition and for our encouragement. And at times, the the scriptures portray God's people in a variety of situations. And sometimes we're given details and sometimes we're not given details. Sometimes we understand some of the trials they went through, some of the comments that we made or that were made along the way. You read the book of Job. 
And you get to hear the interaction that Job has with his friends and the interaction that Job wants to have with God. He's described as a righteous soul. One who wants to do what is right and hates what is evil. One who puts his trust in God and never vocalizes a sin against God. But he has those questions. And so we get into on that a little bit along the way. And when he finally has his opportunity for questioning God in Job 38 and following, I says, as you read that, it's always that, in, that interesting con- that concept of you will. A creature or a creator, or one, a, a creature who has been created by God. A creature wants to turn around and address the creator and say, why are you doing this? having no idea of the Creator or the purpose that the Creator has in His creation and what's involved in what He's doing. Again, we have a beginning of days and an end of days, and it's hard for us to to imagine eternity on either end and to to comprehend that. So God asked Job the question, where were you when I laid the foundation of the world? Tell me if you know. Surely you understand these, wis- or these mysteries that are out there. And you look at them, do not have a clue what they are or, or the purpose that God has away. You think about Joseph. I mean, you think about one is the, the time frame of how his brother saw him before, but from age about 17 on up. How do you explain Joseph's life from a God who is to care and allows the things to happen to Joseph that do? But by the time you get to Genesis 50, and particularly down about verse 20, things kind of fall into place a little bit. But I'm saying as you live the life and you see the things that are unfolding, you wonder why. Why all of that? And then you're told later on, not only by then, by Joseph being able to tell his brothers what you meant for evil, God meant for good. But you get to read, then we get to read the life of Joseph. And prayerfully, we draw some encouragement out of that, some strength. Whatever I've gone through hasn't even come close to that. They're there for a reason. To help us. One of the one point that helps along the way when you're going through ordeals and trials and tribulations. Do not demand to understand. Do we go through that? I just want to understand why. And I'm challenging God with that request. Do I need to know the why? You've heard me say before, I'm in, you know, and I keep telling you, I keep changing the dates for you can't remember them anyway, so, because I don't know what happened on a particular date, okay? I don't even know what happened this morning, so don't ask me about when I give you a date. No, I heard, but I've heard individuals say, when I get to heaven, 
I want to ask God why. Why did this happen to me on August the 21st, 1970? Now, I don't know what happened on August the 21st, 1970. But for me to say that when I get to heaven, that's what I want to know. Well, I don't even remember it now. So why do I think I'm going to remember it in eternity? We'll say, we used to be able to say, you just write it down on a piece of paper. Now you can put it on your smartphone, take it up there with you and say, listen, I've got this list of questions. Let me pull it up and let me go through them one by one with you and have you explain to me the why. I do not believe that that's going to be even on our mind what happened here. For the glory of being in the presence of God Almighty, I think everything pales in comparison. And there's nothing down here that's going to be, what I don't understand that. That really hurt me when that happened. Then I can turn and look at God. In Matthew 26, 27, And can I ask God why? Why did you watch your son agonize on this earth? How could you have been in heaven hearing the prayer of your son, seeing him in agony on the ground, prostrate on the ground, face down on the ground, tears as drops of blood, Agony to the point of death. And his asking you, Father, if it be your will, find another way. And how could you not find another way? And this too shall pass in our lives. How could God take a godly man as Daniel one devoted to him, committed to him, one who regardless of the circumstance or the consequence of his decision would not violate his relationship to God and would maintain his purity and his integrity with God. How could you take a man such as Daniel, carried away in captivity, and never let him go home again when the 70 years were past. Those images that had to be in his mind read some of the accounts of the Babylonians as they captured the Israelites and carried them off into captivity. Some of those images are on reliefs that they have in, in, over in Babylon, and they're in museums now of those Israelites being carried along, shackled together, hooked together by fish hooks through their lips. They have all the horrors that they went through. Daniel was in that midst. He was in that group somewhere, being carried off to Babylon. And he never went home. We ask those questions, or we wonder about them. But they're in there for helping us to keep things in a little bit of a perspective along the way. Or to read about Jeremiah 
and how he was hated by his own people and how they wanted to kill him as well. And all of that is there to say they kept faith in God. God will not allow his people to be tempted above what they are able to bear. And but with every temptation will provide that way of escape. And as you read through Genesis all the way through Revelation, that's what you read, is it not? We talked this morning a little bit about Solomon in First Kings 11. He didn't have anything greater than he can bear. He's the one who gave in to the circumstances around him. Others did not, but he gave in. It's telling us that whatever it is that we face, we may think it's greater than we can bear. And it may be greater than I can bear, but it is not greater than God and I can bear. I need to know where to draw my strength. And I need to be willing to turn to God to draw that strength along the way. Do not make demands on God, who tells us in Isaiah 59, verses 89, My ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Again, Isaiah 46, 10, God is able to declare the end from the beginning. Can you make that statement? God can, and I'm going to question God, challenge him. Again, read Job. That's what they're there for. That's what these scriptures are there for, of reminding us that regardless of circumstances and things that we encounter, and a lot of things that we do not have available for us in the scriptures, as Luke closed out his gospel, If everything that the Lord said and did was written down, the heavens couldn't contain the scrolls that would have to be written. So we don't have everything. What we do have is what God wants us to have. That which is beneficial to us in the life that we live. So that as we face our trials, we can turn to God in prayer. We can turn to his word. We can read the comfort that is there. We can understand the difficulties that they face. You again go in 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 10. Read about Paul says, in, in, in Asia, he said, we had a difficulty placed upon us that caused us, Paul is speaking, caused Paul to despair even of his life. He felt death was the next course in that situation. Sometimes we feel that way too, do we not? Sometimes we just say, I just welcome death, so let's get rid of this. Paul felt that death was the next step. And it's the next verses. And order, the reason being the order, in order that we might learn not to trust in ourselves, but to trust in God who raises the dead. Catch that? That we might learn not to trust ourselves. And how often do we do that? 
How often do we do that? We want to trust ourselves. If I can just catch an image or a glimpse of a purpose behind this, then I can go on. If I can just get that figured out, if I can just have some assurance along the way that this is working out, then I can go on. And I just want God to tell me that. Do I learn to trust him who raises the dead? Wasn't that the statement of Abraham concerning Isaac? When told that he is to take his son Isaac, from whom the promise was made to take him out and to offer him as a sacrifice, do not the scriptures remind us that Abraham received him back as a type from the dead? He had the thought. In Isaac, the nations are going to be blessed. God tells Abraham, slay Isaac. Only conclusion that Abraham could come to. If I kill him, God's going to raise him up. Because God promised that through Isaac, all the nations would be blessed. So if I kill him, God's going to raise him up. The scripture says he received him as a type back from the dead. Abraham's mind, he's already, carried, he's already brought the knife down. He's already slain his son. He already put his trust in God. Have we come close to anything like that? Do we put our trust in God? This too shall pass as we live our lives. And do not fail to be faithful what we've been talking about. Do not fail to be faithful to God. You keep your trust where it needs to be. You keep your faith where it needs to be. You keep your conviction where it needs to be. You remain faithful to God. And God will do the, take care of the rest. It's a challenge for us. Just for the fact of living in this world, it's a challenge. Because of sin, the paradise is gone. By the sweat of man's brow, he shall make the living now. Satan's active and persistent. But again, through all the other scriptures I have, I also have 1 John 4 and verse 4. Putting the nouns in there for the pronouns. Greater is God who is with you than Satan who is in the world. Greater is God who is with you. God is with you. He loved you enough to give his son to die for you. And I love the thought in Romans 5, 8 through 10. If God so loved you that he gave his son to die for you, how much more do you believe that he loves you now that you are his child? You were an enemy. You were a sinner. You were helpless without strength. And he died for you. How much more do you think he loves you now that you are his child? That he'll protect 
and work with you as his child. But it's up to us and the choices we make in our lives. Will we respond to them? Do his bidding in our life? Do the things that would be pleasing to God? Hear me when I call. That talks about a life that wants to be attuned to God. I'm asking God to hear me when I call. And when I call, is it with gratitude, thanksgiving, humility? And is it with an expectation that he hears, that he cares, and that he answers? The life is not where it needs to be this evening. The time is to make your life right now. As we look at our lives and examine our lives, if we need to change and coming back to God or doing His will, committing our lives to Him again, whatever that need may be, if we could assist you, if we could help you, indeed, we bid you to come as together we stand and sing. <clears throat>